Hello and welcome to Dungeon Jedi Masters, a podcast discussing everything Star Wars 5e. My name is Todd, I've got Tegan here, and we're looking forward to jumping into hyperspace with you. Let's go! Hello, everyone, and welcome to Dungeon Jedi Masters Podcast, Season 2, Episode 9. Tegan, how are you doing today? Yeah, doing pretty well. Uh, just got to get into the spring weather. Uh, just got to live in life right now. <laughs> yeah, great to have that uh, sunshine and, and warmer weather our way. Um, so we've got a cool episode today. We're going to talk about OP builds. We're really going to give you some ideas on how to you know maximize your build, some things to take advantage of. Uh, you know, it kind of coincides with a, uh, a release today, at least the day of our uh, podcast comes out. We're recording this a couple days earlier, uh, but that being Star Wars uh, Bad Batch is uh, out, so looking forward to that. Definitely. It's always good to get some more Star Wars content out there, and especially for uh, out there, it's always nice to get some new inspiration for things you can throw at your party, so check it out. Uh, I'm definitely looking forward to it. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, speaking of that, we'll kind of roll into some announcements here with our Patreon. So first, a quick shout out to a new tier two uh, Patreon member, Stu. Thank you very much. And to all of our other Patreons, we appreciate your support very much for helping, you know, keep this podcast up and running and everything else. Uh, but this is also our the first of the month for our Patreon encounter release and uh, kind of going along with that uh you know, Bad Batch show coming out. Tegan, tell us about our encounter this month. Definitely. So the, the old saying goes, if you stat it out, the players will want to fight it. Uh, so with the Bad Batch coming out, with it being uh, Star Wars Day, May the 4th, uh, we're going to launch uh, a Bad Batch encounter. Uh, so you guys hopefully can work it into your campaign, uh, either flavor it however you like, but it will basically be each member of the Bad Batch uh, with their, kind of their own specialties and uh, unique abilities made into an NPC block uh, that you can throw up against your players as uh, enemies. They could be fun rivals, too. Uh, however you want to use it for your campaign this will be a kind of a fun way to give them something new to fight alongside against especially uh with the new show launching too yeah absolutely either as you said working in your existing campaign or you know maybe make a great one shot potentially working in there uh so that'll be definitely fun that is available on our patreon for all of our tier two and tier three subscribers so if you want to grab that check it out there uh, you can access the patreon along with all of our other content DungeonJediMasters.com, including this uh, podcast, YouTube channels, Twitch channels, uh, etc. So make sure to check that out as well. Uh, I believe that's everything on our end. Uh, oh, actually, I wanted to mention uh, Vagrant Freighters episode two is uh, has been out. If you haven't heard that yet, so check that out. Uh, as I said, a lot of good fun putting that together. And then uh, next week will be episode number three. Excited to see kind of where that story goes. Switching over to Star Wars 5e content releases, we have uh, two subclasses, archetypes, for a couple classes here. Uh, Tegan, if you want to go over the path of the meditation for the Sentinel first. 
Definitely. So this is a fun new one for the the Sentinel class. This is going to be great if you're looking to buff party members or just be able to uh, really hand out some good guidance while still getting some combat utility. Uh, basically, with this one, uh, level three, you get two kind of cool key changes to the class. Uh, one of the best ones is Sage Council. Uh, it gives you the guidance power, which you know all the Sentinel paths. You get one kind of key power with it. Uh, with this one, though, you can use it on your turn uh, and give guidance to someone. Uh, but the nice thing is you'll still be able to uh, use uh, deflection or slow time uh, when you cast it as your action. Uh, the nice thing, too, for guidance as well is uh, it goes up. Uh, the die increases by one step. Uh, so if your guidance was at a D4 to start with, it'd be a D6. Uh, you know, with the guidance force power uh, in Star Wars 5e, it progresses as well. Uh, but with the path of meditation, you'll always be one step higher uh, than it is as a, kind of the baseline. So great for in combat. Uh, if you do have somebody that's going to be using uh, kind of some type of skill check while in the combat or great for outside of combat too for help buffing your allies uh, as you're trying to make some critical check so sweet on that side uh the other level three power is uh force empowered allies that they get uh so this is pretty sweet so this is why this is gonna be a kind of a good buffer class so if you're uh somebody that's playing a sentinel but you want to be casting powers to, uh, to help your party out like uh valor or uh even uh night speed whatever it may be uh when you're concentrating on a power that benefits a friendly creature it has to be someone other than yourself uh you can allow uh use your force and uh, force empowered self features uh with that creature uh, so, like, for instance, if you use, wanted to use Deflection, if you were, had an ally that you'd cast Valor on and they're hit by an attack roll, you can use your reaction and roll your Kinetic Combat die uh, and add it to your uh, ally's AC, hopefully helping to make that uh, the attack miss. Same thing with Double Strike and Slow Time. Uh, so just give some really cool uh, ways to buff your allies and even kind of push them further as you're buffing them, too. So definitely one to check out if you want to make a good uh, utility build that can be a little bit of support as well. Very nice. Yeah, another good addition there. And then uh, the other one uh, the for the scout class, the triage technique. So if you want to utilize a lot of the scout features, but also step in uh, to the role of a healer, this is the one for you. So looking at a few of the initial uh, options for this archetype. Uh, first at level three is the triage training, which allows you a proficiency in the medicine, medicine skill, of course, important for a healer. And additionally, when you use um, when you would use an action to, you know, ability check to stabilize creature, uh, use trauma kit or med pack, you instead use a bonus action. So great way to open up, uh, you know, some other things that you can do while you're on the battlefield and helping out your allies. Next up at level three is the Mark of Triage. Uh, another really cool feature here. So you utilize your Ranger's Quarry two different ways. Uh, you either, uh, if you're targeting a uh, hostile creature, uh, you, you're aware of its conditions, uh, any conditions it's suffering, and also roughly kind of a percentage of the hit points that it has, which is uh, very useful. And then additionally, if the target is within uh, 60 feet range, uh, when it has to make a constitution saving throw, you can force it to roll with disadvantage. So pretty helpful there. On the flip side of that, uh, if you're targeting a friendly creature with your ranger's quarry, uh, you have advantage on medicine checks to stabilize. And additionally, within 60 feet, uh, if that person is within 60 feet of you, you can use a bonus action uh, and roll your ranger's quarry and then either restore hit points equal to the amount rolled or grant temporary hit points. So another great uh, option there just to, to help buff players, heal players, etc. there. Uh, and then, you know, look at a, 
one other part of that uh, seventh level, the double dose. Basically, when you heal uh, other other players, you can get that healing as well. So it's kind of a double whammy there, which is pretty cool. Uh, past that, there's some other buffs and effects that you can do uh, in the class. So definitely a cool one to check out if you want to utilize some of the scout uh, class features, but uh, step into that healing role, as I said. So a couple new good additions there. With that, uh, we can step into our main uh, main subject here of today's podcast. As we mentioned earlier, we're going to be talking about uh, OP builds. Uh, you know, maximizing your character, ways you can do that. We'll touch a little bit on you know for you DMs how to manage that as well. Uh, but you know, at the end, this is a game. This is uh, is a game that we like to play, and and there's definitely those players out there that like to really fine tune things, and and that's you know absolutely. Uh, okay to do. So Tegan, you know, I think first off with the OP bills, you need to decide what you want your role to be and what you want to maximize. Um, There's probably some options to kind of do a good general maximize, you know, jack of all trades things. But for the most part, it's probably going to be, you know, specifying a a role uh, to maximize out and go that way. So what are what are those roles or what are those specific things that you want your PC to do? And and how can we start maximizing that? Definitely. uh, With uh, making an OP build, uh, you kind of have to do the min max a little bit. So there's always going to be something that you're bad at, uh, but you're going to want to focus on exactly what you're good at. So you want to find that niche and just kind of really carve it out. Uh, so there's a couple of different roles you could really play uh, as that kind of character within a game. Uh, so start it off, one of the, the ways you can really kind of just be an OP build, but kind of make it towards the party, uh, is by being like a support or buff OP build. Uh, so by taking different uh, class abilities, powers, or resources that you can use to, to help buff out the party. Uh, now there's two, uh, I'm going to give two examples of this too. And actually, I played in a, in a game, uh, actually you played this game too, with uh, both of these examples. Uh, so if you want to be a good support class, both Scholar and uh, the Counselor classes are great for that. Uh, counselor in particular, if you go the Way of the Sage Counselor, you could be just an ultimate healer. It's you. You'll, your DM will sometimes struggle to out uh, damage what you can heal uh, in a turn uh, without going too crazy with it. So you could just really kind of maximize, make sure you're getting your wisdom up, uh, just really make it like you pick some good powers, and uh, you could just really heal and just buff your allies uh, like crazy. Just really make sure they're getting like that best uh, opportunity they can based off of your skills. Uh, so Way of the Sage, if you want to make a great healer, check out Counselor, Way of the Sage. Uh, there's some great stuff you can do with that, especially if you kind of uh, align uh, some of your racial and uh, feed abilities with it as well. You can really get crazy with it. Uh, another good one too for scholars. Uh, scholars as a whole are just great as support. Uh, you usually can't go wrong making a scholar for support. Uh, but I love the uh, the explorer scholar. I think it's explorer. Uh, the uh, that one you just get some pretty sweet stuff with your tactical analysis. Uh, it is between all the different reactions you can use to help your party make a save or give them some type of buff as they're making an attack. Uh, you could really kind of help set the, the the tone of the encounter and just really give a lot more options where they would have uh, been failure otherwise. Yeah, I believe the scholar. I think the explorer one is the one that expands that range to like the fifteen feet. So you, yeah, yeah it's like an uh, area of effect almost massive. Yeah. 
it, it really gets crazy like how much that because usually most encounters are like even if you have a bigger map you can get at least a couple of your allies in that or uh, allies and enemies in that 15 feet range just to really make sure they're getting some uh, opportunity out of it so uh if you ever play a scholar i recommend that explore there's some sweet stuff you can do with that but if you don't want to be a support build, uh, and I know support builds can be fun. I, I definitely love playing them every now and then. But sometimes you you want to be right up in the action. You want to be uh, somebody that just can just take a lot. Uh, maybe you want to be the tank for the party. Uh, there's a lot of cool OP ways you can do that one. This one's a little less restrictive. There's a lot of different classes you can build uh, to make a strong tank. Uh, a couple of the ones I would recommend... Uh, Berserker as a whole, you really can't go wrong with the Berserker class just to start off with making a tank. Uh, between Rage, uh, some of the instincts you can pick. And if you pick a Berserker and you want to go tank, uh, make sure you pick the instinct. I think it's the way of the, uh, let me look that one up. It's the way of the dewback uh, that will allow you to pick three other resistance types to stack with your Rage. Pick those, pick some good ones. Uh, definitely. If you're going to do Star Wars, Lightning, Ion, a couple of the other ones that come up uh, a lot for it, uh, and then it'll just be hard, even no matter what archetype you pick for your DM to, to really lay too much damage on you. Uh, one of the classes I like, if you really just want to start off tanky without having to mess with your stats or be too mad, because one of the things with uh, if you play the Berserker, if you don't go with armor, you're going to have to keep your dexterity and constitution high while also probably keeping your strength high, depending on what build you're going for. If you go with uh, the Juggernaut uh, juggernaut approach for uh, Berserkers, this will let you use heavy armor at level 3. Uh, you can pick up some good ones, uh, get yourself uh, at least 17, 18 AC to start with. Uh, pick up a shield as well, you can get that even higher. Uh, and just make yourself hard to hit, and when you are hit, you're not going to take much damage from it. So you can just really go all out with that. Uh, Berserker, there's no wrong one to pick with that, but if you just really want to be hard to hit and just kind of looking crazy with your heavy armor, Juggernaut would be the way to go for it. Uh, but for any way, just building with the tank, you just always want to make sure that you've got good AC, uh, and that if you're able to do so, make sure they've got a couple of those core saves, like Dexterity, do pretty well, uh, just to make sure that you can take a couple explosions to the face and still keep on trucking. Uh, the other class I would recommend taking a look at too, if you wanted to just build like a super armory tank, uh, the engineer class, uh, but you want to specifically go with the armor mech engineer. They, uh, between getting heavy armor for that and a lot of the customizations you can make, uh, and then with being a, uh, a tech caster that can cast shield as well as uh, absorb elements, I think it's still called for the tech casters, you can take a beating and use your reactions just to make sure you're either not getting hit or if you're getting hit, it's not that bad. Uh, so both of those uh, can be some fun ways to do it and give you some good options for kind of messing with the encounters. Very nice. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, tanking is, is, is always a, a good option to have or a good role to have in your party to help, uh, you know, draw, draw the damage from the enemies so that the rest of the party can do what they need to do. Um, you know, one of those things is, is uh, the skills that uh, a player is going to uh, utilize um, as a, you know, outside of combat as well. And uh, there's definitely some good options for that, right? Definitely. So, yeah, so sometimes if you're not looking for to build an OP combat build, you can definitely make like an OP, like out of combat skill type build. Uh, just really being out of uh, somebody that 
his nose and is good at a lot of different things. Uh, these ones are pretty easy to, or easier to set up uh, just because you got to just make sure you figure out what skills really align with your attributes and you can pick a couple of different classes that can do so and even multi-class it to a couple others that will really make it easy just to really showcase that. Uh, and definitely to being able to, especially with Star Wars, there's a lot more kits and checks that can come up within the game so being somebody that can just walk in and like know that you could talk somebody out of something you can slice into something or you could uh make sure you could break into wherever you need to uh it could really be a, a game changer uh so with those two uh the, some of the classes i'd recommend uh sentinel can actually be a good one for that because you get the led by the force ability which allows you to put your proficiency uh into or half your proficiency i should say into any skill that you don't have so kind of similar to jack of all trades uh so just gives you a little bit of a buff on that side just to really make sure you're helping kind of really be able to do a little bit of anything uh but for really going like heavy on the skills uh the two classes i'd recommend are operative because you're gonna get that uh you're gonna avoid get the expertise right up front at level one, uh, as well as additional skills. I think you get four skills, but yeah, four skills with the operative, and you can pick from any skills you like. So you're going to be pretty stacked on that side, uh, especially being able to pick expertise uh, anytime or to start off with, and then getting it again at level six. Uh, the other class uh, that I'd recommend to, and this is actually one of the ones that may be even a little bit better with because you can help teach other people your skills as well uh, at the moment, is Scholar. Uh, Scholar, you're going to get expertise a little later. You're going to get it at level three. Uh, and you get one less skill. Uh, but one of the cool things with it is you get a lot of different maneuvers and things that can help with kind of assisting your skills. Uh, but you also get the Sage Advice feat, which especially if you've got a skill that you know most of your party doesn't have, this could be a cool way to, like let's say like, you're the only stealth guy that picks stealth in your group. Uh, everybody else dropped that as one of their abilities. You could spend, uh, give that sage advice, spend a minute, and you can get everybody that proficiency with it as well. Uh, so it's kind of a cool way to help up the party, uh, as well as just really kind of showcase all the different skills you've acquired. Uh, and especially I recommend if you want to go for a skilled build, multi-class operative and scholar uh double up those expertise uh pick up sage advice get more skills uh you could really make a fun build with it yeah that's uh as you're mentioning the scholar i was thinking back to a one shot and i forget if it was it might have been a level six but it could have been i forget the level but i mean the scholar had like a plus 11 on their persuasion or something because of all the things they got to add and then you know the sage advice as well it just yeah it's insane the the stat bonus or the you know ability and skill bonuses you can add on with some of those features yeah scholars are a fun one i mean they're, they're great for skills and support because there's just so many cool things you can do with them like they're uh, they're just very versatile and you can really kind of build them out to really however you want them to be so if you haven't tried scholar yet especially with it being a star wars 5e exclusive one try it out uh there's some cool stuff you can do and they can really surprise your table absolutely so Continuing on here, I think uh, this next role, if you will, within the party is probably one of the, I don't know, maybe potentially the most popular ones that people would seek out when they're trying to, you know, min-max or, or whatever, and that is damage. How much, you know, they want to do the most damage they can do on a swing. What's uh, good options for that? Definitely. So uh, damage, uh, that one is, there's a lot of good options. The, the good thing or the, the thing to pay attention with the damage is try to make sure you can 
I always try to average out the roles because sometimes something may look really good. We can only use it once per day. Uh, that's going to maybe mess up your averages on that side. So if you are building for a damage build, almost build like a, you're building a monster block. Take a look at what your average damage would be for each round and kind of see if it's going to play out for where you want to be. Uh, and then kind of decide, too, if you want to be somebody that kind of does more of that consistent average damage or if you want to be somebody that can just come in and just do some ridiculous burst damage. Uh, it just kind of knocks it out real quick. A uh, couple different ways you can do. If you want to be consistent and just do a lot of good damage uh, kind of throughout the fight, I recommend taking a look at the scouts, uh, particularly the Deadeye scouts. Uh, with those ones, you can do some pretty great damage uh, with your maneuvers, but even without your maneuvers between Hunter's Mark and if you take Target Lock, each hit you're going to be doing a, a good bit of damage, especially if you pick a sniper rifle. Uh, you can just consistently hit do some nice damage uh, without having to worry about burning too many resources for it. Uh, so Scout's a great consistent one. Uh, now, if you're going like you want to do burst damage, you want to hit something just really hard uh, a couple times the other day. Guardian can be great for that. Uh, Guardian between uh, with the being kind of the Paladin uh, analog with the Force Enhanced Strikes. If you can get a couple of those off, uh, especially if you time them with a crit, uh, you can really do some crazy damage. Uh, and with if you go with that build, uh, I always recommend checking out the Juyo uh, form for the Guardian. Uh, it allows you to help uh, bring your crit threshold down by one. Uh, and that's just good for Guardians. If there's ever anything you want to do is make it easier to crit. Because uh, when you could stack a smite on top of that, a stack a force enhanced strike on top of that, it just really makes combat a lot easier. Uh, so we're going to talk on items a little bit later but definitely look for anything that has the keen modification to it. Uh, and just hopefully just keep ticking down and bringing down that crit threshold so you can more often. Yeah, that's uh, my guardian in your game. He's, he has the the one of the items that gives a keen one, so I'm down to a 19 crit, and then I throw on that Julio Vapid form, you know, down to an 18, and that's uh, not, too, you know, that, that's pretty significant. It makes a big difference because uh, between uh, you, I've got uh, you in uh, my uh, Star Wars game, and I've got a D and D game that kind of falls similar to the Star Wars Five E rules, and I've got a pally that's got a down to a seventeen or a seventeen and above crit. Wow! Uh, and which, it, like, yeah, it's, it's ridiculous now, but definitely for OP builds, uh, he made a pretty good OP build. Uh, but uh, it's 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 great because you everybody likes to crit, especially when you crit often. It can be a game changer. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, anything else uh, for the roles, Tegan, that you touch on uh, in regards to to creating a, you know one of these maximized builds? So, outside of damage, the last big one would be control. Uh, control. So, this is many ones where you can either debuff or just have different powers or abilities that can control uh, the battlefield. Uh, so, like uh, if you wanted to be like a one-on-one -on -one basis monk with their stunning strike uh but i like counselors for this role uh because there's a lot of cool force powers you can take that can just really shut down the battlefield uh and especially if you're going to go counselor and you want to make sure you're making a good control class uh you'd want to take the uh what is the name of that class the um the way of uh manipulation i believe it is uh i'm blank away oh, this year uh, wave this year is what I'm thinking of. Uh, basically allows you to roll two D20s uh, every long rest, uh, and then you can just throw those D20s in when you need them. So if you roll low, you can use them to debuff whatever ally you're going, or whatever enemy you're fighting. So let's say you threw out a plague. I uh, wanted to slow everybody down. One of the enemies passed their save, but you rolled a two on your uh, way of the seer. 
you can switch it out and make sure they fail it, uh, which is always fun to do. Uh, so any of the counselors work well for it. Seer is my personal favorite, but you just want to make sure you're picking some good powers with it as well as using your good uh, – the uh, – Forgot what they're called for the force or for the counselor, but the meta magics pretty much uh, to make sure that you're picking some good ones that'll make it harder uh, for anything to save against you, and you can really just buff them down, let your party come in and clean them up. Uh, so those ones are a fun one. That's one I've uh, made kind of for my own thing. Made a little PC that can do so, and with counselor, you can just really go crazy with getting some sweet buffs or sweet buffs as well as some sweet debuffs to really control the battlefield. Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely another one of the you know strong classes in the game, uh, with with everything they have options to. So, good stuff. Uh, all definitely some initial good options there. Specifically talking about the roles within the game that you want to, if you want to focus on and tweak and and maximize those as much as possible. Uh, you know, moving on now, taking it a step further as we kind of so we we've picked what role we want to look at. We want to be a damage build tank, etc. Um, Tegan, let's dive into. Now, how do we kind of, you know, twist it even further? How do we, you know, maximize things even more looking at uh, stats, you know, items you mentioned, uh, go through that process? Definitely. So when you want to build this, you want to make sure you're kind of focusing on, I see a lot of people that try to make an OP build, they try to make it do too much. Uh, really try to see if you can fit it in one of those roles and really hammer down on that. Uh, and one of the biggest areas you really want to make sure you're focusing on what you can do well uh, is your stats. Uh, so with the stats, depending on what you want to do, you want to make sure you pick kind of one or two key stats uh, and throw as much as you can at them to support that uh with that you're gonna have some bad stats but that's okay uh hopefully whatever you're picking will kind of shine enough that when your bad stats do come up it's not going to be a big deal uh so really just make sure you're distributing your stats and uh also making sure too that you're kind of coordinating your class and species uh and your stats to kind of the best effect uh so one of the big things too uh because a lot of times the builds you have different multiple stats that you'll have to keep an eye out for try to find ways where you can either make something a different stat or kind of there's like a different abilities where you can allow things to run off one stat uh like for instance uh the charming persona one uh like let's say you went all in on a charisma build um, yeah, let's say you're doing like a Path of the Force Blade Sentinel. Uh, you're able to use Charisma for attack, uh, so that's going to be your key stat, uh, but you're worried because your wisdom's lower. Taking that uh, Charming Persona is going to allow you to both buff your Charisma, uh, like a plus, it's a background feat, so it gives you that plus one ABI to Charisma, but the nice thing is it allows you to use Charisma, uh, use Charisma for your wisdom saving throws uh, a number of times equal to your Charisma modifier. So this is a cool way to do that. You can make sure that you're protected from those wisdom saving throws, which can be pretty bad if you fail them, uh, while still keeping buffing your main stat. So looking for as many ways as you can be single or at least dual stat dependent as, uh, as much as possible is a good way just to really make sure that everything's aligning. Um, with that, too, there's a lot of races that have cool features. And I know with Star Wars, it's hard because there's like 100 different races, 100 plus now uh, that you can pick from. But really just going through them, uh, especially if you're making for an OP build, looking at those additional features uh, and seeing what really aligns for what your goal is. Uh, just stacking them up and stacking them with the class and archetype uh, just to make something that could just be kind of crazy when it comes to play. Uh, the other big thing too, uh, especially with all the enhanced gear and just regular gear options that Star Wars provides, uh, just really make sure you're matching your gear to your build. Uh, like we talked on Guardian using the Keen modifier, uh, but there's a lot of different things you can do with your class just to really make sure that you're 
getting all the benefits you can. Uh, so take a look through them. Uh, like uh, for scouts, for interest, uh, for instance, if you wanted to be a sniper rifle scout, uh, but you're worried, uh, you want to use your bonus action as well for something, maybe you pick the sharpshooter routine uh, and you're worried about having to reload that sniper rifle, uh, pick up the, uh, the power belt. Uh, it allows you to reload the free action. So just a regular item. I think it's like 400 credits or somewhere around there. You can pick it up. It'll help you optimize your build, make sure you're using all of your action economy. Uh, and that's another thing I would put to you when you're kind of building out your PC. Try to use your action economy as much as you can. Uh, try to make sure you have something to do on your action, your bonus action, and if possible, uh, find some cool things to be able to do on your reaction uh, so you're using as much as you can each turn every time you come around. So... You know, I think maybe from here, uh, you know, we've maybe done all we can individually uh, to to really fine tune this build. Um, potentially, I think you've touched on it a little bit before, Tegan, is uh, multi-classing and and how you can get more out of that. So, uh, where where can multi-classing come in uh, to this conversation? And I know uh, for you guys have watched some of the uh, the different class builds. I pretty similar story so i'm not going to hammer on it too much uh but just really make sure kind of checking in with your dm too to find what level range he expects the campaign to run to uh and then kind of going through the different classes uh levels one through three are super dense for most classes so a lot of times you can pick up some cool stuff with just a level or two uh to really kind of make yourself different enhance your build and really give you some cool options uh so just taking a look at that but always making sure you're considering too what you're giving up uh as well for the multi-class uh, just to really make sure you know kind of what you can get, what will help you specialize in your build and just really how best to play it. Uh, so there's a lot of cool, uh, so for multi-class, there's a lot of different classes you can do depending on what you're going after. Um, operative and fighter are usually ones that can fit into a lot of people's different builds and give you some cool stuff. Uh, but just really checking it out and seeing kind of what you can gain, what you lose, and uh, really making sure you're taking whatever you're taking to enhance whatever role you're going with for your PC. Absolutely. Lots of, uh, definitely lots of options there, as, as you said, as we've touched on with our individual class spotlights. So if nothing else on the you know, topic of, of maximizing a build, let's flip it to the other side of the table now. Um, you know, as a DM, as if a player comes in and they want to you know, really build this type of a, of a character, uh, as a DM, you know, just to make sure that things aren't uh, you know, completely one-sided. What are some options as a DM to kind of help, you know, get around that stuff and, and still make an engaging uh, session and encounter? Definitely. So one of the biggest ones, because the, the good thing, if they made an OP build, they had to have given a lot of things up to get there. Uh, so they should have some weaknesses. So there should be some stats or some resources that they just can't really uh, accomplish. Uh, so whether it may be they have uh, they had to dump int and uh, intelligence and another stat to get there, you can attack them with their intelligence. Uh, there's some uh, cool monsters that have uh, some intelligence saving throws that can be rather nasty. Don't do it every time, but uh, what a kind of a cool, crucial battle comes up or if they're going up against somebody that knows the party and knows where some of their weaknesses lie throw a couple of those at them uh, that way they could kind of see where the so they can have that struggle or kind of know that uh they're not completely invincible even though they made a pretty sweet build with it uh and outside of that too with star wars there's a lot of different things you can attack with the weaknesses it doesn't always have to be stats uh like if you've got a uh a force user, whether it be a, a sentinel or a guardian or whatever they may have built uh they've just been able to demolish up close 
throw in some snipers. Throw in some snipers with some elevation that'll be difficult to get to. Uh, just gotta make it. Uh, just gotta use their lack of ranged options against them on that side. Uh, and just really gotta give some different combat variations where still give them some shots to shine, but also give them some times too where they uh, have to find some clever ways around whatever their build limitations are. Yeah, it's all about, yeah, I think we've touched on this before in, in other DM chats and whatnot. It's kind of getting into a general conversation of, of, you know, developing that encounter and, and whatnot. But, um, you know, as you said, you know, if you've got, got a, a heavy tank or a heavy damage doer, focus on the other players, you know, specifically target some of these other things and um, or the environmental effects and, and all that. Uh, certainly ways to get around that. And I think, too, you, you said this a few times, and it's it's definitely a good point to touch on is, you know, as a DM, don't target those weaknesses all the time. You know, you got it's it's all about balance. And I think, you know, going to one last little uh, topic here of of allowing this um, as a I've been in games with with min max players, and you know, personally, this is just my very personal view is that it wasn't super exciting because I see them swinging weapons doing a hundred points of damage a turn, and then I'm like. You know, oh, cool! I've got this little, you know, water gun comparatively. So, you have to consider that as well, uh, both as a player, as a DM, how you allow this. Uh, you know, make sure that everyone is having fun um, in the game. You know, if you're coming in with a with a uh, character build like this, or as a DM, how you're managing that. Uh, that's why uh, some of the control and support buffs can be fun ones to bring in if you want to be an OP player, but still. Uh, kind of not steal any shine from the team because uh, control of the support you can uh, especially support in general you can give your party some cool chances to shine and do something crazy uh, and with control you can help shut down the enemies and let's make sure your party are going in there and just knock them apart uh, so definitely that's one of the things too it doesn't have to be one of those classes but yeah make sure you're not being a spotlight hog with your OP character because uh, it can definitely be fun to design like I love making characters so sometimes I do like to make some OP ones for fun as well but make sure that you're still making a character uh, that can perform in the team and not like demand the spotlight whatever or whatever happens uh, takes place yep absolutely it's all just balance uh, you know as a dm give them some moments to shine you just build a specific encounter where you know that uh crazy damage guy can just run in and just lay waste and that's you know that specific time where they they shine and and then definitely uh, allow others to come forward at other times so um, but yeah, definitely a, a you know probably a topic that we could still you know endlessly go on. I know Tegan, I've seen a lot of stuff that you've built. Uh, as you said, you enjoy that so much that uh, it's just insane what uh, some of the some of the capabilities are out there. Um, anything else? Any other last thoughts on the topic from your end? Nothing big. Uh, I would say the biggest thing, especially with this, uh, for a lot of people, I feel like they miss the species. Check out the species. Uh, I know uh, they've done a great job. Heresy, in particular, making some cool ones out there. There's a lot that can support an OP build. Uh, so that's what you're going for. And also, on another end, too, that if you're going to make an OP build, try to make a cool backstory that like goes with your OP build uh, and not just... Not just try to shoehorn things in. Uh, so if you're going to spend the time on making the OP build, do your DM a favor and make a cool backstory that hopefully aligns with the build and kind of shed some light on it while uh, making it fun for the table too. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely a good thing to touch on. And, you know, why are you so strong in some areas and why are you weak in other areas? You know, maybe even that weakness is a, a, a strong thing that comes out and that's that could be a good RP flavor. Definitely a good point there.
but definitely, if you guys do make some OP builds, if you're not on the Discord, check out the Discord uh, for the, the Dungeon Jedi Masters. Share them with me. I love seeing OP builds. So uh, if you have a fun one, post it. I'd love to take a look at it. Definitely. Always love to see what uh, you guys out there are doing. You know, appreciate your comments and feedback on that. So I think that wraps up everything for this topic today. Uh, hopefully that helps some of you out there who are building your classes and, you know, or welcome some uh, in- inputs on, you know, maximizing doing so. So looking forward to next episode uh, in two weeks. We're going to, uh, you know, go back to the player side of the table a little bit and talk about, you know, all the options available to players, uh, the actions during combat, uh, I'll touch on some condition things, uh, just kind of managing things as a as a player. Um, I'm going to put together a little bit of a cheat sheet for that as well, I think, which will help because I know, uh, especially if you're a new player, uh, there's just a lot of a lot of things going on. So we're going to hopefully uh, create a little bit of a, a map and lay that out to to show what's available. Uh, so then it's not always, even especially in combat, it's not always just run in and I swing my sword or, you know, I shoot my blaster, things like that. So hopefully that'll be a good one there. So many conditions and things that are different from Star Wars 5e versus regular 5e too. So uh, the cheat sheet will hopefully give everybody a little bit of a update or heads up so they can kind of hit the ground running even if they're a new player. Yep, absolutely. All right, and with that, uh, everyone... Happy May the 4th. I uh, hope everyone out there is having a wonderful Star Wars day. Uh, thank you for joining a little bit of it with us on our podcast here. And uh, we will see you next time. May the Force be with you. Yeah, may the Force be with you.